You are listening to the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network, presented by Walmart. This is Holly Cotton, and thanks for tuning into my show, Beyond the Fit, on Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network. Today, I want to start the show with a challenge to you guys. We're coming up on the new year. We're coming up on the time where you guys start making resolutions. And not only that, but you reflect on what you accomplished this year. And sometimes it can be sad. Sometimes it can be rewarding. Like, wow, I really did do this this year. I really did accomplish these goals this year. But if you're saying, man, I didn't do what I wanted to do. Or starting in the beginning of the year, these are the things that I need to focus on next year. So my challenge for you guys going into next year is I want you to focus on what you can do. Stop saying the word can. That's our challenge going into all of this. Whenever you're saying, I want to work out Holly, but I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can lift that. I can't do those exercises. I want you to say, what can I do? How long can you do that? You can't run for five minutes, but how long can you do it? How many steps can you climb on the stair step? We're so busy constantly saying what we can't do, but what can we do? And it's not just about fitness. It's about everything in life. Every time we think we want to do something, we start not believing in ourselves. We can't start a business. We can't go on vacation. We can't get over that breakup. We can't be a good parent because we have to work. There's so many things that we could achieve. There's so much further that we can go. If we start doing simple steps like acknowledging what can you do, what are the small steps that we can do right now that we can do every day that all of a sudden equals a big thing? Remember I said we can't lift 10 pounds, but we can lift one pound today. We lift one pound every week. Then in four weeks, it's a month. Now we're up to five pounds. We can lift five pounds every time we work out. Five pounds for another four weeks. Guess what? Two months have gone by. You are now stronger than you thought you were two months ago. You couldn't start going back to school. You have too much going on. You couldn't do something with your kids. You couldn't afford to do whatever. But you're putting these daily steps. You're saving money every week. Don't look at everything as, okay, I need to save $10,000. I need to lose 30 pounds. I want to run 30 minutes. Yes, those long-term goals are great, but what are the things that we can do right now? Instead of saying, hey, no way I'm ever going to be able to do that. I'm never going to be able to do these things. I'm never going to be able to do that. What can you do? Don't stop focusing on the cans. Don't stop piecing together this little step, this little insert, this little improvement, because it is going to equal this giant, awesome thing that you can do. 
you're going to make this giant thing with all of your accomplishments and it's going to be so awesome. So my challenge is start today by listing your cans. Start looking at what you ultimately want and what you can do to get to that point. From now on, every single thing that you say will be, I will, or I can. No negativity is allowed. And watch the changes that will occur in your life. That is our challenge for you. That is our beyond the fit challenge to make sure that you end this year or start the next year being the best version of yourself. You're going to guarantee yourself to win because you can do it. Now that you're all motivated and you have all of these awesome ideas about how you're going to get your life on track or get it going, whatever it is that you're thinking that you have been procrastinating on, or maybe you just needed a little bit of motivation and now you're pumped up and ready to go. I wanted to answer some of the common questions that I get asked about all the time. As a fitness professional, it's kind of just over and over and over. The questions are asked, but they're asked in different formats. A lot of times they're asked how they relate to that particular person and their circumstances. And as I've said before, with fitness, everyone has their own formula. Everyone has to figure out what works for them and their body. Everyone has to work on their mental health and strategies that we've shared going forward may not always be the ultimate answer. It may not always be the correct equation for what it is that you want to do and how you want to look and how you want to live. I've talked about my weight and my fitness goals several times before. I am 165-ish pounds, usually anywhere from 160 to 170, depending on how much muscle mass I have and how many times I've stopped at the donut shop this month. So being totally transparent, it just depends because sometimes I'm really, really fit and lean and sometimes I am more of just bulky muscle. You have to figure out what it is that you want. Some people want to look skinny. Some people want to look muscular and fit. Some people want to just be healthy. Again, what I want to do is just cover some of those key questions that I always get asked. I'm actually going to have a little segment about abdominal fat and stress after I go over the Q&A. So make sure if you have any issues, if you feel like you can't lose your abdominal pooch, stay tuned because at the end of this segment, I'll have an actual segment that's all about abdominal fat. Obviously, the first question that I always get asked about is, what do I eat? I want to go work out and I need to know what to eat. And the problem is what everyone eats is not 
actually what works for every single body type. There are several different body types. If you go online, if you go into any type of resource that gives information about body types, you'll see that there are several different body types. One, it's important to know what kind of body type you have. Two, you need to structure what you eat around your body type. And what I see so often is that people start talking about eating healthy and they start talking about implementing portion control. Then I see them post a picture of what they're eating and what their meals look like. And I'm touching the temple of my head right now, just thinking about it because it's so unhealthy. When you start looking at your meals, yes, there is a lot of advice that talks about hey, you can still eat what you want to eat. You can still eat these unhealthy things if you learn portion control. Hey, you don't have to change what you eat. And while there is some truth to that, it is very false, especially for people that don't have proper nutrition already in place, people that have a goal of losing weight, or people that are trying to tone up or whatever it is, something like maybe they just want to become like a healthier version of themselves. They're not trying to like really lose a whole thousand pounds. They just want to maybe just start eating a little bit healthier just to be a overall healthier person. Make sure they start cutting down on those risk of diabetes and things like that. When you decide what you're going to start, have as your goal, you need to start eating towards that. And I've talked about macronutrients. I've talked about other things like that before. And there's other shows that go into some of those those topics. But anyone who's listening to this as their first show or anyone who is kind of just wanting a little bit more information, look at your portion control. Look at how you're implementing that into your diet. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back with Beyond the Fit. I can tell you, portion control is not going from eating three pork chops to two pork chops. Portion control is not going from, well, usually I eat a burger and fries and today I'm just going to eat a burger and half the amount of french fries. You need to look at portions as in, okay, I need to eat six ounces of a protein. So what is my protein of choice? If you want to eat a hamburger patty or you want to eat a turkey patty and you want to put it on a scale and you want to measure six ounces of a healthy lean protein, then yes, by all means, you can have a lettuce wrap burger when you're trying to lose weight and get in shape. That can be part of a meal prep. You need to have some type of complex carbohydrate. The first thing people always want to say is get rid of carbs, get rid of carbs. Carbs don't get metabolized, the sugar turns into glucose, turns into stored fat, all of that. And that is correct. When you're eating carbohydrates in a surplus, when you're eating anything in a surplus, meaning 
anything you eat that you do not burn off is going to turn into stored fat. It's a very simple process. So whether it's a complex carbohydrate, like a sweet potato, brown rice, anything that's brown, wheat, it's going to turn into stored fat. Yes, but it's actually going to be broken down more easily. It's easier to digest. And there's actually more benefits with fiber when you're eating complex carbohydrate. While yes, there are some types of issues if you're not burning it off. A half of a sweet potato is not equivalent to a row of Oreo cookie. If you choose to go keto and don't do carbs, there's tons of information out there. You just want to make sure that you are choosing an actual keto diet. You don't want to go on a diet where they're telling you that it's okay to eat a pound of bacon every day, but stay away from carbs. There is nothing healthy about fat. And I can tell you that fat is going to stay on you a whole lot longer than a complex carbohydrate. Please, if you're doing that and you're trying to go on keto and you're trying to do whatever all these other diets are for low carb, no carb, whatever, and you want to be in ketosis, then by all means, go for it. But make sure you're eating a healthy diet, not just going and eating everything that's out there, but staying away from carbs. What I want you to do is look at your meal choices and buy a scale. It is very cheap to buy a kitchen scale. You can go to any of the department stores. You can go to your local Walmart and you can get a small scale at Walmart. I have a digital one and I have one that actually has a little measuring glass on the top of it that I can use for things that are like raisins or anything that's liquid and it measures everything in grams. That's my whole synopsis of eating right, looking at your portion controls. The next thing that I get asked about when we're talking about eating and they're asking about portion is how do I know how much I'm supposed to eat? I have several videos that I've done on my page and on my Instagram and on my Facebook group where I go into the store and I show you how to read a nutritional label. And if you're trying to get your life together and jumpstart getting in shape, or if you hit a plateau, I promise you that nutritional label is what you need to be looking at because the nutritional label tells you exactly what you're putting in your body. It's Don't just focus on the calories. Look at how many grams of sugar per serving. Look at how many carbohydrates per serving. Look at your saturated fat, which is bad fat, per serving. I always say if you can buy something that's prepackaged, that's a go-to for a lot of people because you already know that you're not going to go over that amount because when the container is empty, you're going to stop eating. Prepackaged is great. Anything that you can buy that's already prepackaged where you can put it with your meals is great. But if you're going to measure out certain things, then you need to look at the nutritional label and you need to put it on the scale and you need to measure exactly what it is. I have a friend and he just thought it was so funny when I was leaning out for my birthday 
uh, always do like this super, super strict diet for like five or six weeks before my birthday, because I always want to make sure that I look the hottest I'm going to look all year. When I celebrate my birthday and as vain as it sounds, it's a challenge to myself because I want to show that no matter how many years I am, that I can still be in shape. I was eating French fries. I put in the air fryer and I was like, okay, I can have 12 sweet potato fries. And I measured 12 sweet potato fries and I put them in the air fryer and I ate those with my protein as my complex carbohydrate. And yes, it does sound funny. And yes, some people will laugh at it that don't understand. But when you choose you, when you choose that you have a goal and you're not going to cheat and you're going to stay on track, it makes perfect sense to you. It will all come together. Get some kind of fitness app where you can log what you're doing per day. Look up your body type what you should be eating for. And then also you need to be monitoring a surplus because unless you're in some type of deficit, meaning that you are burning off more than you're putting in, you're always going to have a plateau. You're never going to lose the weight that you want. You have to have willpower to say no. That's one of the biggest issues that people have because they can't say no. And it's hard, especially now with the holidays, like this last week, I just said I was taking a week off to celebrate with my family and I was going to just eat whatever I wanted to eat. And I did. And I did. But it's very easy to fall in that trap and continue that cycle. I was like, okay, I gave myself five days off. I ate cupcakes and brownies and donuts. And then now I'm choosing me again. I'm making my health a priority so that I get back on track. You're starting from that point right now where you're saying, I'm getting on track. Another question that I frequently get asked about is about accountability. This is very much a tricky and autonomous topic because you can lie, you can hide, you can do whatever you want to do that secret when you're trying to lose weight and get in shape and no one will know about it. I can keep a pack of cookies in my nightstand at night and no one would ever know about it. It's not like accountability at your job where your boss gives you a graph and says, okay, this is where we need to be. These are our goals for productivity over the next month. And this is where I need you to be, blah, blah, blah. These are our checkpoints. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow up with you every week, whatever, whatever. Eight to five, this is the checkpoint. Getting in shape is not like that. Getting in shape is not a work accountability environment. Getting in shape means that you are totally responsible for you. You have to be the one to go to the gym. You have to be the one to eat healthy the other 23 hours of the day because no one's coming to save you. You have to choose you and you have to want to do it. If you're just getting in shape, if you're just doing some type of plan because your friends are doing it, everyone's trying to get in shape, Oh girl, it's the new year's. We have to get in shape. I've seen this post going around on Instagram about men over 40. So all the men are joining together now and everybody's like, Oh, men over 40. 
40. Let's join together. Let's go get in shape, man. We need to start doing what we have to do. And that is awesome. I love whenever you have a support team. That is great. However, they're not with you during the day. They're not going to stop you from eating something bad. They're not going to stop you from eating the candy out of your kid's room or eating the last brownie in the pot. Whatever your weakness is, no one is going to save you but you. So you have to understand that and you have to be able to say, I am accountable for myself. And yes, it's great to have checkpoints and it's great to have accountability partners, but you need to have some type of fail safes in place for yourself. One of those accountability checkpoints is going to be the fitness app because you can log in what you eat and you can log in workouts. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back with Beyond the Fit. Another accountability checkpoint is to work out with a partner because when you don't feel like getting up in the morning or you don't feel like going to that workout session that you said you were going to go to, you have someone that will push you to do that. You have someone that will be like, "Uh uh-uh, we are not slacking today. Let's go. We need to get to the gym. We need to do that. If you have a personal trainer, personal trainers follow up behind you. They make you log in your food, all of that stuff. But don't forget that you can be as sneaky as you want and they won't know unless you're serious unless you are taking your health serious, you're going to fail. And we can sit around and we can be like, oh, it's great, girl, boy, you can have a cheat day. You deserve it. No, 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 you cannot. I'm going to fuss at you for a second. (laughs) You cannot. You have a goal. And until you get on track and until you get progress, of where you want to be, you're going to stay on track and there's not going to be any cheating. You didn't deserve a meal. Quit saying that you worked for something and now you deserve to be treated. You're not an animal. You're not a dog that gets a treat when you do something right. So you need to make sure that you don't treat food as a treat. And the reverse of that is that we have to take away the negative stigma of food being called a cheat meal. Because when you cheat, you are ashamed. You feel like you have something to hide. You feel like it's something wrong because you're cheating. There's a negative connotation that goes with the word cheat. If you're going to have a meal with normal proportion and that has a little bit extra fat, then that's fine. You can say, I will eat clean all week. And then on such and such a day for lunch, I will have no restraints, no caloric restraints, no fat restraints. I will have a dessert. And that is fine once you start having progress. And once you feel like I'm okay, it's not going to cause a downward spiral if I have this one meal where I have no restraints. So just some extra verbiage that 
I find when I have people that are my clients or people that reach out to me for fitness advice, I make sure that we talk about accountability and I make sure that we talk about taking away the negativity of words that make us feel bad, that make us feel bad about our bodies, that make us feel bad or feel defeated. And then what happens is, is that you have a cheat meal and now you feel guilty and now you feel like you can't even get back on track because of one bad meal. And I want to make sure that we change our whole thought process and we aren't punishing ourselves when we're doing things like that. Another common question that I get asked about is about eating before and after working out. A lot of people ask me about pre-workout, about fasting cardio, things like that. I do fasted cardio a couple of times a week in the morning. I will get up and the first thing that I do in the morning is go do some cardio. That's part of something that I have found from trial and error that works for me. I'm not telling you that you have to do fasted cardio. I'm just saying that people have shown results from doing it. People can also have results from doing cardio in the evening. Some people do weights in the morning, some type of resistance training, hit, whatever. And then in the evening time, they do 30 to 45 minutes of extended cardio. Whatever works for your body is what your formula is. That's what I do. If I'm going to the gym, even if I've done fasted cardio in the morning or not, If I'm going to work out, like actually have a workout, I always eat something light about 30 to 45 minutes before I work out. That just works out for my body type because if you exercise on an empty stomach, you won't have enough energy for your body to perform at its peak. What will happen is, is that you're burning off all of those stored calories, yes, But what you have to find out is the correct ratio of intake for your body and your workout routine and what you're going to have as a pre-workout meal. You don't want to have too much to eat before a workout because then the whole time your body is working on digesting what you just ate instead of responding to your workout. The really thin line of what you have to figure out is if you want to have something to eat before you work out, what is the amount that works for what you're about to do? And also you want to eat far enough in advance to where your body has digested most of it. And then that way, when you work out, your energy is going towards your workout. You're not feeling slumpy or sluggish. You're actually able to perform at the level that you need to be. Some of the key things that I tell people to eat before you work out are going to be a banana, anything that's like a cream of wheat, some something like that that has carbs, like oatmeal. Sometimes people actually eat a regular meal, like a half of a sweet potato and chicken. Whatever works for you is what you have to figure out. I usually eat something in the morning. I'll eat breakfast and then go work out. So I usually eat three egg whites and three strips of turkey bacon. Then I usually go work out about 45 minutes after that. And that gives me enough energy because the egg whites, 
easily get digested. And the turkey bacon is light. It's not like a pork bacon. So that works for me. And when I'm going to work out, I'm going to work out. I'm going to put in some work. If you've ever seen me at the gym, I don't have time to talk. My AirPods are in my ear. (laughs) I'm going to town and I'm focused. Again, you just have to figure out what's going to work out for your pre-workout meal. Another thing people ask me about frequently is about supplements. I don't do a lot of supplements, honestly. As a cancer survivor, I already have a risk of having medication that kind of affected my kidneys from being able to filter and I don't want to have anything toxic in my body. So I try not to overdo the supplements because that means that it has to basically get metabolized and excreted through my liver and kidneys. So I want to make sure anything that's a supplement is clean and that I actually need it. One of the supplements that I always do is I have a BCAA powder that I use in my gallon of water and I usually shake that up and I drink on that throughout the day. And BCAA is branched chain amino acids. I'm not going to go all into that. You can look it up if that's something that you're interested in. And then I usually have protein and then every now and then I'll do, and then every now and then I'll do different types of supplements. Like I may do apple cider vinegar or gummy vitamin D's. I do take a gummy multivitamin every day. I'm basically, I'm a firm believer that too much of anything is bad, no matter if it's supplements, food, whatever it is, you just have to choose what's right for you. If you're doing everything in moderation, if you're having pre-workout before you work out a couple of times a week or something like that, then if that's what works for you, great. But don't have anything where you're getting dependent on it, where if you feel like you take it out of your routine, that you have like a complete lapse in how you feel, how your body reacts to your workout, or if you feel like you're more bloated or you're not losing weight, whatever it is, look at all of the extra things that you're also putting in your body like supplements. Another frequent question I get asked about is about how to train when you go to the gym. And this is really, really, really a common question because people don't know what to do when they go to the gym. I work out a specific body part and maybe some of the accessory muscles for that body part when I work out. I don't do total body workouts every single day. I do have one day that I do high intensity interval training, HIIT workouts, but I don't do HIIT every day. And again, we've had several conversations before with guests and kind of just talking about like workout programs and things like that. Everyone does something different. If I'm training someone I do the same thing and I would prefer that they isolate a muscle group for that day. So if we're going to the gym, I want to do biceps. So we may do biceps and triceps. If we're doing back, I may have us do back and shoulders, back and trap. If I'm doing legs, I may have you do quads and hamstrings or glutes and hamstrings. Most of the time, 
I don't do total body. I may do a burnout at the end, but that is the structure that I use for my routine. When you watch videos or when you're doing stuff, like whenever you start working out and you start doing these total body workouts, a lot of times they do do a total body routine. Like they want you to do super, super high intensity. You're going to do push-ups, push-up jacks, high knees, all of these things. And they do work legs, core, everything. And you will lean out. It just depends on what you want. I prefer for my state and how I look, I prefer to look fit and I prefer to have muscles. So I don't work out where I'm doing a lot of cardio like that anymore. Now I used to, I used to do insanity and all of those home workouts. And I mean, I was very skinny. (laughs) You couldn't tell me anything. I was in super good shape. I had muscle definition and I was very, very lean. And I was like 130 or 40 pounds. But where I am right now from my fitness goals, I like to be a little bit more curvaceous. I like having more muscles and I can't deplete all of my muscles the same way that I used to with those type of workouts. I do do other types of training and then I come back and I implement a total body day once or twice a week. And I like to do things that challenge myself. So I may do weights in the morning and then that evening I may do a 30 minute hit, some type of circuit or something like that. You just have to find what works for you. I try not to give too much workout advice because everyone has a different style. The key to it is going to be find out what works for you, start doing something and stick to it for at least 30 days. Once you start, you're going to see, do you like the results that you're getting from this type of workout? Do you like the results that you're getting from doing total body every day of the week, five days a week? If you say yes, then guess what? Keep doing it. That's what you need to do. But if you're like, yeah, I don't know. I I really want some muscles. I really want this. You're not going to have that same definition with just cardio, cardio, cardio as you are with weight training resistance exercises. You have to lift some weights. You have to have some type of resistance that's going to break the protein, muscle fibers down in that muscle group, and then come back and rebuild even stronger Whenever you start eating good protein supplements, when you start eating good protein meal prepping, all of that, you're feeding those muscles and that causes the muscle to rebuild and come back stronger. You have to figure out what works for you, bottom line. One of the last frequently asked questions I get is, so how long is it going to take me to see results? How long do I have to work out before I start seeing some results? And I'll be honest with you guys. (laughs) you're looking at six to 12 weeks easily. And that's training like four to five days a week before you get discouraged or you feel like, or you feel like you aren't seeing results. Give yourself three months, really focus on what you need to do. Really say, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to focus on me for three months and I'm going to give it a hundred percent. I'm not going to sneak and eat cookies and snacks or whatever your 
nemesis is. I'm going to go to the gym with my accountability partner. I'm going to stay on track and measure out my foods and my portions correctly. And I'm going to really focus on my mental health and make sure that I'm not living in a stressful environment that's also causing me to hang on to stored fat. If you do that and you give yourself three months, you will see results. You will be mentally more in shape and you'll also see physical results. Stop drinking alcohol. You cannot have a healthy lifestyle five days a week and then go out and drink liquor and get drunk all weekend. You cannot eat right five days a week, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, go and eat hamburgers and french fries and stop at the taco place at midnight and all whatever. Like you cannot change on the weekends. You need to dedicate everything to yourself for at least six to 12 weeks and really, really, really believe that you deserve to have that change. And that is going to help you achieve whatever the fitness goals are that you want. I wanted to give you guys some knowledge about frequently asked questions as a fitness professional that I get asked about. If you have any other questions, you are more than welcome to reach out to me on any of my social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, whatever. You're more than welcome to ask me anything. I would love to have any suggestions or bring it up or, or do a segment on something else that anyone, a listener has asked about. These are just some of the most frequently asked questions. Now you should be so motivated to get everything that you deserve. If you want a six pack, if you want to tone your butt up, if you're if you just want to get back in shape, if you want to start being able to do pull-ups or push-ups again, this is your motivational podcast show today. We got you pumped up about we're no longer saying we can't do stuff. We're only focusing on what we can do. We got you all pumped up now. You're not going to say, Holly. I don't have time to prepare meals and cook and measure stuff. Oh, yes, you do. You have time to plan one meal a day. You have time to prep one meal a day. You have time to measure out one meal a day. The time that you're playing a game or the time that you spend scrolling on Instagram, you could have measured out your 12 sweet potato fries and whatever it is that you need to do. We're going to focus on the things that we can do. You feel like I can't not say no. I feel like I can't turn away a brownie. I can't stop eating cookies. No, we're going to say we can't. When you wake up in the morning, What are we going to accomplish for that day? Don't say this week I'm doing such and such. If you know that you cannot focus for a whole week or that it overwhelms you or it discourages you, focus on one day. Focus on today. What can I do today? What can I do to get in shape today? What can I do to help my business today? What can I do to be a better parent today? How can I work better today? What can I do today that will make me a better person overall? How can I focus on my mental health today? What am I going to say today? I can do such and such. Today, I will focus on my mental health by doing this. And having these 
checkpoints with yourself in the morning, your manifestations, your goals, whatever, whatever it is that you need to program in your brain to make it today. That's what you need to do for you. Don't just do what everyone else is doing. Because again, the only person that you can blame when you fail is you. It's yourself. It's us. We can blame whatever traffic, this, that, that. No, no, no. It's you. And we have to be mentally, physically, and spiritually strong enough to take accountability and to change our own behaviors to make sure that we intervene on ourselves. We have an intervention today. All your personalities are sitting at the table and they're looking at you saying, all right, now what do we need to do to go into the next year with different goals to end the next year with a whole different outcome? These are the things that we want. We want to get in shape. We want to do this, 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 and this. And now we're having a team meeting about it. And you're going to take that and you're going to go with that into the next year. And you're going to start by doing that, by just waking up one day and saying what you can and will do. This next segment is for anyone that's curious about abdominal fat and some of the factors that affect abdominal fat and also some of the ways to prevent abdominal fat, especially if you're trying to get in shape or you're trying to change your eating habits. There's so many medical resources and documentation and evidence-based practice that have correlations between abdominal fat and other things. So it's very important to know that abdominal fat, yes, it is caused by excessive eating, excessive drinking, things like that, but there's also other links to it as well. So this segment is actually going to be very informative for anyone that's interested in how they can change things in their life or things that they may not even know. And now they need to be aware of that is causing them to have abdominal fat. I know through the last couple episodes, we've talked about different topics regarding being healthy. We covered mental health, actually starting to get fit. And I know that we've talked about the importance of being fit on the inside as well as being fit on the outside. So what I want to kind of talk about today in more detail is about stress and actually how stress can cause you to be out of shape. I know that we are all adults. We have very busy lives. We have lots of stuff going on. It's very easy to get used to living in this chaotic sort of lifestyle pattern that we have become accustomed to, getting kids off, going to work, dealing with these high stressful positions, dealing with having entrepreneur issues, being our own business people, figuring out how to also have time to be healthy. It is a lot. (laughs) I saw a meme a while back and it said, being an adult is very ghetto. I didn't realize this is what it was going to be like would not recommend one star. And it just makes me laugh all the time when I think about that, because realistically, like you want to grow up so bad. And then all of a sudden you're an adult and you have all of these responsibilities that come with being an adult and there is no one that can bail you out. It's very stressful to deal with these things and also be responsible for other people. 
they also talk about us in this middle age being called the sandwich generation because we are taking care of our own kids and our own families as well as now we're starting to take care of our elderly parents and having to deal with this as well. So we're just sandwiched between two generations of people that need us and how do we achieve our own goals and how do we take care of ourselves? It's very, very hard thing to deal with. I know that it's very hard to live in a stressful state. And not only that, but think about your relationships. How many people are in a bad relationship or how many people got out of a bad relationship? Think about the emotional stress that that played on you. Like how many times do you have to pull up in the driveway and just wait before you get out of the car because you know the stress that's about to come when you open up the door or you dread whenever the other person is there or you dread what are you going to be arguing about today? Even that being in an emotional situation at home is very stressful. What I wanted to do is go into more detail about that. And I know you're saying, why is this even part of being fit? Why does this matter? And why are we even talking about stress? Because abdominal fat comes from a stressful lifestyle. If you're wondering why you have a poochie stomach, why you have a gut, and it's not because you're not eating right, it's not because you aren't being healthy, look at your lifestyle, look at the stress that you're under, look at, are you sitting behind a desk all day? Are you responsible for things? Or is it, are you, you know, what's going on in your life? Because that could be the culprit of why you're hanging on to this abdominal fat. Now, of course, I'm not talking about you guys that are sitting around drinking alcohol <laughs> and, and not exercising and not getting up off the sofa. Like, we're not talking about you. We're talking about healthy adults that are maintaining this abdominal fat, which I already talked about is called abdominal girth, but it can also be called visceral fat. Anything that's around your waist is unhealthy and it actually increases your risk of cardiovascular disease. It also increases your risk of diabetes. And they also have done numerous studies that show that there is actually a correlation between being in a bad mood and cranky and abdominal fat. I'm not saying it's everyone, but if you're generally healthy and you feel like you have like this stubborn fat that just won't go away. Look at your lifestyle. Look around you. If you're wondering why you wake up every day in a bad mood, look at the way that you look. Look at the way that you feel. Look at how you are doing your activities during the daytime. Look at everything that you have to deal with. And if it's stress or if it's some type of emotional distress, then that could be a really, really big red flag of why you can't seem to lose this midsection. First, for anyone that doesn't know what stress is, I actually looked up what stress is. I wanted to know what the actual definition of stress is. Stress is a state of emotional strain from demanding circumstances. I just said demanding circumstances can be life. It can be a bad relationship. It can be work. It can be kids. It can be something that you're dealing with. We already covered mental health issues. Maybe you have anxiety. Maybe you have depression. So there's tons of demanding circumstances in your life. You need to figure out what they are for you. What brings the stress to your life? What brings a daily stress to your life? When you wake up in the morning and you go, 
gosh, what is this? What What is that one thing or what are the two things that just make you have to kumbaya and say, I have to deal with this another day? Think about that. Think about what brings your stress. I want you to take that away from the show as well. And I want you to start being able to implement some stress management techniques to deal with those things that you are identifying as your trigger points. As a nurse, I try and make sure that I am up to date and I am passing on verified health information to you guys because I hate when people just give me an idea that's in their head and there's no scientific background, there's no, you know, medically based resource. They just came up with this because they have an opinion. What I wanted to do was pass on information about middle-aged women, which is me, even though I still think I'm 20. I am considered middle-aged. A lot of you guys also are middle-aged women. We're talking about anyone that's 30 to 60, that's middle-aged. I looked up studies for middle-aged women and the relationship between abdominal fat and our lifestyle. And what they did in this study that I read about, it actually compared the hip to waist ratio. And when you're talking about abdominal, that's what you're doing, the hip to waist ratio. That's like whenever you guys are talking about these ant bodies for the BBLs and you go, I don't know, the hips ain't right. The hips don't match because that hip to waist ratio, that's what we're looking at. The hip to waist ratio, which again is called abdominal girth. And in this study, they looked at premenopausal, non-overweight women, basically just regular women, not overweight, regular weight, premenopausal. So you can't blame menopause for the abdominal fat and no health problems. So no disease processes that are causing that to happen. And what they found was that prolonged stress actually increases your cortisol levels. With this hip to waist ratio, they looked at women and stressful factors and they decided that, hey, we see that there is a correlation with these healthy women. And when they're dealing with stressful situations day after day, what happens is it causes a hormone called cortisol in your body to be elevated. And cortisol, C-O-R-T-I-S-O-L, cortisol levels, what happens is, is that that cortisol level is increased. And when they're saying prolonged stress, these are the things that I just told you guys about. That means you're dealing with the same stuff every day, the same crap every day. So we're not talking about a little bit of stress. We're talking about prolonged stress. Every day when you come home and you have to hold your temple or you have to wait in the garage for a few minutes or sit in the driveway or make the the block a few times to be able to come home or you have to deal with something before you go t- into your job and you have to, you know, do a little meditation before you walk into the workplace because you know how stressful your day are, your day is going to be. These all are prolonged stress things that we're talking about. And what happens is, is that the body reacts and it actually causes the cortisol level to rise. And that directly affects visceral and abdominal fat. 
if you're looking at why stress and why we're talking about this and why stress has something to do with how you look, not just mentally, but how you physically look, this is why stress can kill you. Whenever I go to my oncologist every year, the very first question that he always asks me is, are you staying away from stress? How are you dealing with stress? Because stress also interferes with the immune response. It makes you more susceptible to getting sick. It makes your body break down where you might be sicker more often, where whenever someone is coughing and someone else may not catch a cold, you may be more susceptible to catching the cold because your immunity is down because your body is in such chaotic makeup right now that it cannot even process another thing. Living with these prolonged stressful situations is breaking your body down. It's making you fat. And it's increasing your cortisol levels. I don't want to go all the way into it, but cortisol levels can also make you at a higher risk for diabetes. Think about what stress management techniques do you have? How do you deal with stress? We talked about the mental health and when we did anxiety and depression. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it because we actually talked about some ways to deal with stress. Make sure that you are implementing those things because you got to figure out how to deal with stress. You got to figure out how to get your life together because only you can take care of you. And if you're sitting here and you're killing yourself every day for someone else, you're killing yourself trying to make a relationship work, you're killing yourself for your kids, all of this stuff, it's going to take a toll on you at some point because I want to give you as much information as possible. Not only did I say, what are your stress management techniques, but I looked up some stress management techniques so I can offer you those as well. I actually looked at stress management with the Mayo Clinic, who is a very big medical resource for a lot of people. And they have some techniques, learning time management. That's very, very important because why? Don't be the person that's always stressed because you're always running late. You get anxious when you have to wait. You get anxious when you're rushed. You get anxious whenever you wait till the last minute. Whatever it is that causes you to be anxious, then make sure you're learning your time management skills. Figure out how to cope with adversity. How can you improve this situation. Okay, here we are. I'm stuck taking care of my kids. I'm stuck taking care of my mom. I'm stuck taking care of whatever. I have a demanding job. What can I do to improve my ways to cope so that this does not consume me and make me miserable every single day? So you have to think about that. Also, they recommend improving your reaction. So if something comes and triggers you, how are you reacting? Are you giving them the power to make you stressed? Or are you figuring out how to remain calm? Very, very important. Finding more optimism in life. If you wake up and you're negative, which I already told you guys, I get every morning, I meditate, I do my deep breathing. (sighs) Five seconds in, five seconds out, five seconds in, five seconds out. I'm ready. I'm starting the day with that. I'm, the way that I'm starting my day being optimistic. This is going to be a great day today, Holly. We're not going to let the little things bother us today, Holly. How can we make sure that today is a happy day, Holly? Whatever manifestation you have to have, whatever mantra you have to start your day off with, this is the time to do it. Start in the morning. Figure it out. How can I be more optimistic? 
Don't let people suck you dry. Don't let your job suck you dry. You have to improve your personal relationships. If you're already empty, how can you give to someone else? How can you give to yourself? So you need to make sure that, what do I say in every single show? Make yourself a priority. You deserve to be a priority in your own life. This is your journey. Why do you treat yourself so badly? Again, all of those things that came from the stress management information um, from the Mayo Clinic and Hopefully that can help someone if you're sitting here saying, hmm, this is really hitting home. I really think I have a very stressful life. You know what? Now that she said that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Okay, so what can I do? Oh, there you go. I gave you some techniques to help you with your stress management. Obviously, one of the most effective stress antidotes is what exercise. I think that's why I really stay so happy all the time because even when I'm in a bad mood, I can go work out. I can go throw some stuff around. I can lift something heavy. And I swear, I just walk out feeling like Wonder Woman. I'm like, you know what? I feel so much better. I'm able to deal with that stressful meeting after lunch. Now I'm able to deal with whatever comes with me in life. You know what? I can deal with these crazy kids today. They are not going to kill me today because now I'm stressed out. I've taken all of that stress out on a punching bag, run, lift weights, whatever it is, you know, that it's very important. Exercise, that's one of my, not the clinic, but that comes from my Hollyism. That is one of my biggest recommendations of how to alleviate stress. And then also, even if you don't feel like going and actually sweating and doing a thorough workout, you can also do yoga, karate, all of those types of martial arts exercises. Like those are really good as well, depending on what your flavor is and what you really want to do. We already talked about even just simply taking a walk outside, get your heart rate up, go walk around the neighborhood, smell some trees, you know, smell some flowers, get fresh air. Like that can really, really help too, especially during the daytime. That's really, really good. On your lunch break, go walk somewhere to get lunch instead of just eating at your desk. Like get some fresh air, get some vitamin D. To close all of that out, some stress is actually good. Don't forget that. It's very important to remember that stress can make you get your life together because sometimes you get too comfortable. <laughs> One day you might wake up and you're, you're in a stressful thing and it might motivate you to say, you know what, let me get out of this job because they are not going to kill me or let me get out of this relationship or I cannot live like this every day waiting until the last minute or feeling so stressed out and overwhelmed with all of these activities that I have to do. Let me get organized. So sometimes stress is actually good because it makes you get uncomfortable and it makes you make changes. And it may be a short-term change or it may be a long-term change. It may be something you do daily. It may be your wake-up call to change something long-term. Get out of a relationship, fix a relationship, whatever it is that you have. You know, get out of a bad friendship. If every time your friend calls you, they stress you out, that is not where you need to be. Get them out of your proximity circle because that just brings stress on to you. Remember all of these great strategies for stress management and also remember that stress can be good and remember that stress on the prolonged basis is bad. It can actually cause health 
problems, which is what we don't want to happen. We want to make sure that we are not causing predisposing factors for diabetes and abdominal fat to cause cardiovascular issues because we're living in stress every day. Life is too short for that. Make sure that you take stress seriously, just like any other activity that's happening in your life, just like anything else that's affecting you that you can physically see. You wouldn't constantly hit your toe with a hammer. So why is it okay whenever we are dealing with mental issues that we just take those on day after day after day and not do something about it? Make sure you fix that. Make sure you get your life together. And hopefully this will help with anyone that's dealing with stress and not even knowing that they're dealing with stress or knowing the effect that stress can actually have on your overall well-being, which is why we discover all of these topics because we know what it takes to go beyond the fit.